You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning or good afternoon, as the case may be, wherever you happen to be this morning or this afternoon. I am your host here for the next 30 minutes, Dr. Jeff Werber, host of Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. And uh, we're here for you. We're here to talk about pets, whatever you want to talk about. That's a good thing. We have a great guest today. We have a, a specific topic we're going to touch on. We'd love to hear from you. A couple of easy ways to get a hold of us. One, pick up the phone, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. You can also... Join us on Google Hangouts. That's really cool. So just click on PetLifeRadio.com. Just click on the link. Follow the, the Hangout. Hopefully you can easily get in. Get there. We can see you. Uh, we can see your pet. If you want to show us your pet, if you have that little skin lesion, that little dirty ear, whatever it is you want us to look at, we can do that as well. We want to thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here with you. ProSense Pet Products and Elenco Lily, makers of Comfortis and Trifexis. Save This Life Microchip and Kong Veterinary Products. So uh, if you're out there, if you want some really, really good stuff for your pet, you can ask for Kong Veterinary Products. Anyway, our special guest today, we've had her on a while back. It's time that we have her back. And, um, you know, we, I actually wanted to have her back oh, several weeks ago. We just couldn't still because I had a really difficult week. And we're in your practice for a long time, and I've been – this is my third year. You can imagine the relationships that you build up with your clients and how many of our patients, my patients – I have to say goodbye to. And, you know, it's a little different in, in veterinary medicine in, in that we don't usually have that case where the client calls you in the morning and says, uh, Buffy passed last night. That would be wonderful if it happened that way. It usually doesn't. We need to intervene. And it's one of the most difficult decisions, not only for you, but for us as a veterinarian to help guide you. It's a very, very tough decision. And I just had a really tough week in that I had one client come in. They had two dogs. They were Shiba Inus. They were 15 and a half, which is great. And we put them down both the same day at the same time. That was really tough on them. I mean, you go from two wonderful dogs to zero, just like that. And then I had, in one week, which is unusual for me, I had five euthanasias. And the difficult part is that I, well, first of all, it's tough in general. It's so sad. When children are involved, it makes it even more difficult. And I do something that I started years ago. We've talked about this, I'm sure, many times on the show, but I started doing house call euthanasias. In fact, it's the number one request I have for house calls is to come and put pets to sleep. So you can imagine when I met our guest several years ago and found out what she does, I was extremely intrigued. And here with us today, again, is Dr. Danny McVitie, who is the founder and owner of Lap of Love, and um, the Lap of Love is a veterinary hospice and house call euthanasia service. And Danny, what made you into this? I mean, here I am trying to save the lives. How'd this happen? You said it right there. People want it. People are requesting it. You know, and it's interesting. You talk to other veterinarians that are in our profession, and they get it immediately when they hear what we do because it is it's the most requested house call and most importantly because this is where most of us you know where all of us should practice is where would you want it done for your own pet literally where would you want to put your own pet down and almost no it's not a veterinarian or technician or veterinary professional that I've ever talked to that has said yeah I would bring my own pet to the clinic that sounds like the best 
So I was doing emergency medicine when I first graduated, and, and, um, and as I said before, I volunteered for human hospice when I was in college. So it was this natural affinity towards kind of end-of-life care. I was just, I, I was great at talking people through the decision, and it's a special skill that not everybody has at the same level. And not only did I have it, but I enjoyed it. I just enjoyed it very much. So going to homes and being in that in the home with people at their most difficult moment is it's a huge honor, and I don't dread it. You know, people think that we do, but I, I don't. I love it in a way. And now, how often? I can, now, so let's talk about Lap of Love for a minute. So you and Mary, Dr. Mary, a friend of yours from uh, vet school, start this company, and did you think that it would become as popular as it is? Oh, my gosh. It was a side gig for me. <laughs> you know, graduating vet school, it was, it, was, it was a side thing that I was going to be able to do to help pay my student loans back. And doing emergency medicine, I had a few hours during the day when I could, you know, when I when I could fit something else in since I was working at night. But I had no idea what it was going to turn into, not a clue. And within within a year, I had partnered up with Dr. Mary, who helped us write our practice management software. And then within another year after that, her and I together, we we brought it to over 80 doctors around the country. Now, four years later, but we've got a big network that keeps growing. So no, I had no idea what it was going to turn into. I knew that it was important. I didn't know how important it was, and I didn't know how many vets also wanted to do it, but just didn't know how to do it. So those are the two things that I that surprised me. And so how are you received with the veterinarians in the community? Do they look at you like, oh my God, they're going to take our business away because they're going to become a house call practice? You know, my um, non-PC answer to that is the good ones get it. Like the doctors that really understand what we're doing, they get it immediately. I had one doctor that's in my area, in the Tampa Bay area. I was at a meeting about six, eight months ago, and she came up to me and she's like, "Dan, I'm just so, I'm so thankful that you guys are there, and, and thank you so much for taking care of our, of our families. And it's so nice that you can handle the euthanasia or the end of life, the hospice, or whatever we end up doing well in the home, and that when the client comes back and they healed properly and they're back in, in our clinic, like with a puppy, because everything went so well." And they don't feel like they were damaged throughout the process. And she actually told me, the same doctor, she's like, when you first started, I didn't really get it. She's like, many of us in the area didn't really get what a value it was going to be. But I'm so thankful that, that you're here and for our clients. And that's, so that's the response that I literally get from clinics in my area is thank you. It's a thank you for being there when they can't be there. And some doctors are able to go like you. You know, some doctors can go to the home, and that's wonderful, and that's great. But what I dislike hearing is when a doctor says, yeah, we go to the home also, but only for our best clients or only for the ones that have been with us for a long time. And I think all of our clients are our best clients. You know, everybody's there. We love everybody. And, and if you can't make it out for scheduling, because that's really difficult for a general practitioner. I mean, the fact that you even do it is, like, astounding. You know, that's very difficult. And most of our calls are within 24 hours notice. So I can tell you that it takes a very short amount of time for doctors in an area to understand what we're doing and the value of what we're doing. It's true you, you say that because I have, you know, my clients that, that I will go out and I will tell you that most of my house call euthanasias are taking place sometime between 9 a.m. and midnight <laughs> because, yeah. because I'm swamped. They know it and they would rather wait for me. You know, it's amazing you talk about relationships and how interesting people are and I'm sure many of you listening will get this as well. I have had clients where I've developed a relationship with early on in their in their pet's life and then they move. They move to, you know, another state nearby, they move up to San Francisco, whatever. And I will get a call sometimes ten years later. Doc, we want to bring him down because it's time and we want you to do it. He's never bonded to a veterinarian he did with you. And a couple of things come to mind that, you know, I look at the value of what you're doing is that, first of all, how many thank notes do I get 
not because I did that great surgery, not because I pulled him through that pancreatitis, but when I went to the house to say goodbye and to help them move on. And it's unbelievable. They appreciate, by the way, writing notes. And I tell veterinarians all the time when I speak, I'm sure you do the same. You know, you send a condolence note. It's the nicest thing. We also make a paw print. You know, there's so many things. Make a donation to a charity in their, in their pet's memory. Those little things. And the, the flip side of that is, and this is, you know, very important. And again, I'm, I'm sure that many of you out there could relate. If the experience regardless of the relationship you've had with this veterinarian, at the end was not smooth and beautiful and peaceful, it will ruin that relationship. And they will not come back to the vet for when they get their next pet. And I've seen that. Now, sometimes it's more of an emotional thing. This is another reason why I like it, is they walk into it and there was nothing wrong. Everything went great, but they just can't go back into that room or sometimes they can't go back into that hospital because of the, the pain associated with, the, you know, with that euthanasia. So... To have it done off-site in someone's home could actually save the relationship that you have with your client. How, how, so, how many of your clients, Dr. Jeff, have written on their paperwork, cannot go into exam room too? Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. You know? So it's like it brings back those bad memories. And we even have, and I, and I know that a lot of hospitals out there are doing this now, we even have a euthanasia room for the couch. And a, we have a table, but it's a fold-down table. It's up against the wall. And we don't need it. And it's just that it's calm and it's peaceful and it's nice and it's got flowers. When we even have to do it there, so we put them on the floor. We bring in a big, big blanket, and we all sit down in the blanket together. We try to make it like the living room. But I have to tell you that there is no better way. And when I did this, by the way, and I know you know the story, Danny, but it was totally accidental. We didn't do this. I went to work for an old geezer. They came in and we put him to sleep. It was like one, two, three. So oftentimes we didn't even offer it. When I first started practice, the guy was didn't even want to do it in front of the owner. Yeah. He would take the dog to the back, which yeah. was, I guess that was the old way to do it. That never sat well with me. But anyway, I get his call. It was an old, old lady. Her husband had passed away. She lived in an apartment and the dog was the German shepherd that must have been, I don't know, 13, 14 years old. Couldn't even get up anymore. She was in tears because she couldn't get anybody to help her put the dog in the car. And I can hear her angst. I can hear the sadness in her voice. I said, you know what? If you don't mind until after work, I'll come over to your house and I'll do it and I will bring the body back and we'll have him cremated. She was so appreciative, just the gesture. We're going back 20 years, 25 years at when this happened. And I went over to the house and there was the dog lying on the bed right in his favorite room, which was the living room. And there was mom. And it was the most amazing, peaceful moment for all of us. And that's when I, it hit me. I said, oh, my God, this is the way to do it. Even, you know, my dogs love coming in. My patients love coming in to see me. And I get more tongue than anybody I know. And they're jumping all over me. And they greet me in the waiting room. And they're really, I mean, they love coming in. However, there's got to be that nervousness, that angst, that fear when they come in, they hear the other animals, they hear the, the vocalizations, they hear they get the smells, that why would you want their last minutes on this earth with us to be that? And when you do it at home, it's so much more peaceful. I'm sure you feel the same. I'm sure you found the same thing. Oh, it's it's amazing. Yep. I mean, and the thank yous, just like you said, they you don't get, as veterinarian, you know, you don't, you generally get the thank you card for the the 2 a.m. you know radical surgery you just did because that's expected of you and especially when I was doing an emergency and that was expected but what's not expected is to handle something with peace and calm and love and compassion and empathy and, and coming into the home I'm always amazed how many people thank us for coming to the home 
It's like that's what we do. You know, of course, my service. It's like that's that's in my company name is in home hospice and, and euthanasia. But they they literally thank us. I'm like of course, it's it reminds us of what is really important to people. And when you're able to really give them what they really really want, it's very very meaningful. Absolutely. So we have to take a break. When I come back, we're going to talk about some of the more difficult parts of this, of euthanasia in general, and that is our clients look to us for advice. When's the right time? How do you tell? Are we doing the right thing? And we get, these are not easy questions and the answers are very challenging. So when we come back, we're going to talk about that. I already, when I invited Danny to come back on, I gave her a scenario and um, we want to just talk about how do we help you make that decision? Because it's a very tough decision regardless of when you're going to make it. Away, we'll be back after these short messages. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, Dr. Danny McVitie. We'll be back in a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's hard to find time for your furry family member. That's where Camp Bow Wow comes in. All day play and overnight camp, daycare and boarding for dogs. Everything is included. Large play areas for fun and exercise. Spacious cabins, comfy cots, even live camper cams to watch from a computer or smartphone. Camp Bow Wow offers the best care and is the place to go where a dog can be a dog. For locations and more information, visit CampBowWow.com. This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Are you having trouble getting the word out about your new pet product or invention? Let Whitegate PR open the gate to your marketing and public relations efforts. We've been specializing in public relations in the pet industry for over a decade. From press releases to media relations and publicity to pet trade shows and launch events to social media, the pet-friendly team at Whitegate PR has you covered. If you listen to the wise words of Bill Gates, he says, If I had $1 left, I'd spend it on PR. Learn more at WhitegatePR.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet okay, welcome back. And we are... Uh, here live with Dr. Dan McBeady and her kids, as you might hear in the background. And um, when we have a dog that comes in, and I've had this before, where they truly are not ready. The dog is fine. The dog maybe have a limp. It has a tough time getting up, but once it's up, it's fine. It is animated. It's cleaning itself. It's able to go outside. And the owner is convinced that the dog is in pain. And I'm looking at this pet, and I'm saying, that. Mrs. Smith, this dog, you know, I don't think it's a pain. I once got to the situation very early on where I ended up putting a pet to sleep, not really wanting to do it. And I was, it was like probably one of my first euthanasias where I clearly looked at the pet and it was not the right thing to do. So I tried to convince the woman to let's do it. You know, it's not something you want to see. I'll do it in the back. And when I do it in the back, 
she won't know and everything will be fine. Well, guess what? She goes, no, no, doctor, I want to be there. I want to be there. So I ended up not knowing that I had a choice because I was working for somebody and this woman wanted to put the pet to sleep. I ended up doing it and it haunted me forever. It was the worst experience. And I vowed at that time that I am not going to put a pet to sleep that I don't believe should be put to sleep. I'm going to push when I believe the pet is truly suffering and truly in pain. The most difficult thing for an owner sometimes is to see when the pet is truly, truly suffering. And this is what you kind of have to put your foot down. But the 80% is where most of us are. And that is that you, based on whatever criteria you want to use, you know that you think it's time. And I can't argue. I mean, if you said to me, could we wait another few weeks? Could we do a little bit? And I would say, yeah, we can. Now, is it something we have to do right now? I won't, I won't stop you if you want to do it. And if you want to wait a little bit, I don't think this pet is suffering. If you can, just as long as you can put up with helping him outside or, or you know, getting up what needs to, cleaning up after him, et cetera, et cetera, then I'm okay with it if you're okay with it. So it becomes really at that point, and I say most of the time it's a personal choice. And I find that all clients need, pet owners want confirmation from you. They want to make sure that it's okay that, doctor, am I, am I making the right move? Am I making that choice? And I would often tell them that, no, I think that you are making the right choice. And you're not wrong if you don't do it. And you're not, if you're not wrong, if you follow through with it. It's the only ones that I would put my foot down are ones that I just don't think. Let's, if I would feel guilty putting an animal to sleep, then it's not time. And one of the things that I know it's a perspective that, and Danny, I think you said it many a time, something about you can always make the mistake of waiting too long, but you can never make the mistake of doing it a little bit early. I'm sure you've seen people, you've gone to the house and the dog doesn't look so bad, but all of a sudden you start talking to them about their, the lifestyle and what they're doing and what can no longer do. And you realize that there's a lot of angst there. Talk about that for a second. It's a big deal for me because I don't think that anyone should be practicing veterinary medicine except the veterinarian. You know, the veterinarian is the one that practices medicine and it is not their decision to make a euthanasia choice. Just like it's not their decision to do a, an MRI, right? It's the veterinarian's decision and then the client signs on with that because it's what we've recommended. So I highly dislike the statement, you know, you are doing the right thing to clients, you know, the statement that a veterinarian says, you are doing right. They're not doing anything. We are making the decision to do the best thing that we can do at that moment. And what I have absolutely seen with people time and time again, I mean, Jeff, you said, you know, you did one five in one day one time, and I've done nine in one day before, you know, and, and thousands now, many, 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 it's all that I do. But I have never seen somebody that has said, I did it too soon. It's always, 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 I did it too late. So I am one of those people, by the way with my, one of my cats, and it was my son's favorite cat, and we hung in there, and he would have some good days, and every time he had a good day, we'd keep, you know, we'd, and finally, when we finally put him to sleep, my son said to me, Dad, we waited too long. Wow. Oh, my God, did that get me? <laughs> so, that's powerful. Yeah. Especially for your son to say it, you know. know. That, so, that, that is. Because you know. Now, now I know what know. clients are going through. Absolutely. You're waiting for a written note. You're like, and I had sent it to a client one time, and this lady goes, I know, I've been looking all over for it. I've been looking all over for that note. I just can't find it. Right. But I think a lot of times, though, when you go over there, are clients asking for validation? Oh, yeah. so, Doc, am I, am I doing the right thing? How do you answer that? Yeah. You know what? I say we are doing the best thing. 
you know, and, and when I walk in there, first of all, and I would never answer that question if, if somebody has me go in, and, and of course, I don't have long-term relationships with these clients like, like you do, so there's is a different, we start from a different place, and, you know, just like you had that strange feeling that, that one day and ended up having to go through with it, you know, I've had that feeling when I've walked into homes before, and I see this dog, and this little, I remember it was one time this dog runs up to me and is greeting me, and I'd only been out of school for a couple months at this point. So I don't have a whole lot of experience, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, this is not going to be that case that Dr. Werber told me about that I, I'm going to regret for the rest of my life. Like, I, this is not going to be it. But I calm down, and I, and, you know, in, in my mind, of course, the client would never know any of this. But I sat down with them, and like, well, tell me what's going on. How's he doing today? You know, how's this going? Yada, yada. And within a few minutes of just sitting there, the dog had gone from this spry little guy that's jumping up and, and running around to completely just laying on his side. You could tell the way he was breathing and holding himself that he was in pain. And, you know, so just so I saw a moment of happiness, there was also all the other moments of the day were difficult. And that's why the client was having me there in the first place. So immediately, as it, you know, it, when I saw that, I, I was like, no, we're, we're doing the best thing that we can possibly do. And there isn't a perfect moment. But it's so funny to me um, with what you said with validation. Even when it's obvious to us as a veterinarian, like obvious that this is the very best thing that we can do dogs on oxygen, right? Like literally dying in front of us. And the client is still needing that validation from us. Still, this is absolutely the best thing we can do. And you see their whole body change. You know, they relax. There's a, there's a relief sigh that, that they give. And, um, and that's what we, I tell other doctors that all the time, that you have to give that validation. Even if you think the client doesn't want it or need it, you still give it and it still means a lot to them. You know, I had a case uh, not too long ago, actually, that was not one of my clients. So I know exactly what you meant, but the person who called me was a client who I've done this for and said, my friend is in a situation and she thinks it's, it's time. So, you know, as a favor to my client, I went over and same scenario. I walk in and this dog was up and wagging its tail, greeting me. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, this does not look. Anyway, after the dog settled, it was just excited to see a new person. And once we sat down and, and then I saw ex exactly what you said. I saw the dog and I saw what the owner saw. And it was almost that, that burst of energy, the, you know, the adrenaline flowing. And this dog was almost like that last burst. And as we're sitting there, I was there for about, oh God, probably 45 minutes. And, but within 15 minutes, I could see, oh, okay, now, now I get it. Now I get it. And uh, we did. And another thing is, is that sometimes when you are start messing with a, a dog, who it could be like lying on its side, and you think, oh, my God, this is going to be a piece of cake. And all of a sudden, you start messing with him. And you're trying to find the vein. You're shaving, whatever it is. And, and you see this dog like, oh, wait a second. He's got life after all. But I think it's an amazing service to appreciate how these pets are in life. And it's equally as important to appreciate how they are towards the end of life. And it's, what is amazing is you're only as good, and like sports, as your last basket, your last home run, whatever it is. So when you think about it, when no matter how this relationship has been, how this pet has been, how you have gotten along with this pet or the owner, if the bad experience at the end, it could be devastating. So that's something to also keep in mind. So for any of you out there, I know that hopefully you, you know, everyone is a listener here, has pets, knows if you haven't already at some point it's going to be time to say goodbye i would highly encourage for your pet's sake especially doing something like this at home either with your own veterinarian if they do that if not calling a service like a lap of love i know uh, lap of love is in many many cities we have actually one of my former associates is now a lap of love veterinarian 
and loves it. I can call her when I if I can't make it, if the timing doesn't work, if it's the middle of the day and I can never get away in the middle of the day, I can call Tina and get things taken care of. So and Mary's now in Southern California too. So that makes it very convenient. Anyway, Dr. McVitie, thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for putting up with us, even with your kids around. I'm sorry, thanks for putting up with me. <laughs> We're gonna go have a conversation yeah, after yeah. this about what, what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, anyway, um, thanks again for joining. Thanks all of you for out there. I'm going to be um, uh, going to SuperZoo in, uh, in, in about uh, three weeks, two and a half weeks. So we're going to hopefully come back with a lot of interesting new products to talk about, which I'll bring on the show. And that should be pretty cool. Uh, anyway, have a great week, everybody. We will be here. Am I going to be here next week? Yes, I'm going to be here next week. So we will um, talk some more. If you have any questions, anything you'd like to talk about, any subject matter, whatever the case may be, get a hold of me, drjeff at petliferadio.com uh, or drjeff at drjeff, drjeff at drjeff.com, and we'll be happy to answer your questions um, if you want to send photos. And next week and any week, come join us live. Again, 877-385-8882, or you can join us on Google Hangout. The link is on the Pet Life uh, page under, under Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab. Once again, thanks for ProSense. Thanks to Kong Veterinary Products and Elenco Lilly and Save This Life Microchip. And again, thanks to Lap of Love and Dr. Dan Beatty. We'll see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.